if your body does not feel good, you will start seeing signs. And we take good health for granted until we start to fall ill. This is the Hello 20s podcast. My name is Yan and I'm your host. I'm an online content creator trying to navigate life while in my 20s and sprinkling a little knowledge and wisdom here and there. Let's face it, we don't have it all figured out, but we can learn a little from each other along the way. And I'm so glad you guys are tuning in on today's podcast. Hi friends, welcome to this week's episode of Hello 20s. I hope this week has been treating you well as we enter a new month. It's crazy how there's only two months left of this year. I just feel like the last two, three months have gone by a lot quicker than expected, but it may just be me because the last few weeks I've had new activities added into my life and every week I feel as though I have more things to look forward to during the weekday and I'm not just looking forward to the weekends. And, you know, working from home definitely has its pros and cons. One of the cons is just that I am home a little too much sometimes and Every day feels the same. I feel like the days are blurring sometimes. I feel like I'm running on a hamster wheel every single day. And living life like that can get kind of miserable. So I've been going to the ice rink a lot more to practice ice skating. The last two times I went, actually, I fell on my knees, on both my knees, two times at the same exact spots. So I have these like huge purple and green bruises on my knees, which are not pretty (laughs) to look at, but I'm glad um, I started ice skating because it's definitely a form of exercise that I can incorporate into my week. I actually canceled my gym membership because I was getting so tired of it. I was getting bored of my routine. It was just so boring to me. And I know there are people out there who maybe just like, yawn, you can like, you know, change up your routine and stuff like that. But I just don't enjoy it. I don't think I enjoy going to the gym as much as taking a class or doing some type of workout activity. I think going to the gym, it's a little boring to me as well because I'm trying to incorporate activities where I can do things with people versus just going to the gym. If I go to the gym, I'd be by myself and I'm already by myself most of the time when I'm working at home. So yeah, ice skating is just the perfect alternative right now. All right, so in today's episode, we are talking about the eight foundations of health. These are eight categories that I believe factor into having a healthy and good life. Now, I don't think it's realistic to be at a 10 out of 10 in every category, but we can try to just be at a healthy average level in them to create a healthier life for us. And I do want to preface and say that I am no health professional, but I do believe that these are the roots that tie into our life and depending on how well we do in these categories determine the quality of life that we are experiencing. All right, so the first one is your thoughts. We spend a lot of time in our mind. We spend most times by ourselves, So it's important to be consciously aware of your thoughts and the narrative it's speaking and what it's really feeding you, right? There 
It was a time in my life where I used to think of the worst case scenarios or just negative scenarios of outcomes that could happen in a particular situation that I was facing or dealing with. And I think a part of that was my mind preparing me for different negative outcomes so that I would not be too surprised or too disappointed if it came true. It was like my mind was trying to buffer me, trying to take control by thinking of all the possible outcomes that could happen. And, you know, control is an illusion. And by thinking this way, I was like on survival mode. But I remember one morning I was brushing my teeth and I started to become aware of the negative what if scenarios that were popping up in my mind. And I was like, wait, why am I thinking like that? Why am I thinking of all the bad case scenarios that could happen? I know my mind is just trying to prepare me and protect me so that if one of them came to fruition, the blow wouldn't be that bad. But at the same time, it's instilling fear and anxiety and disappointment into me. Once I was able to recognize what my mind was doing from there on out, every time I had these negative what if thoughts that came up, I started to become more aware of them. I acknowledged them and then reminded myself that they aren't true. If it starts with what if, it's an intrusive thought that isn't necessarily true and won't necessarily happen either. This is also true with negative self-talk that we may have with ourselves. Sometimes these negative thoughts we may have about ourselves may stem from our lack of self-confidence or it may be something someone once said to us or about us and it just stuck with us and we begin to really believe it. When we begin to internalize it and it soon becomes a part of our belief or thoughts, these may run unconsciously without us really being aware of what's really being told to us by our own minds. And your thoughts should uplift you. You should be your own cheerleader. You should be your own hype man. Don't talk down on yourself or doubt yourself. You know, it's hard to break out of these habits, but one thing you can do is imagine the seven-year-old you that is inside of you, and whenever those nasty thoughts come up, think of that little child you once were, and think about it. Would you say those things to them? Would you let others let them believe in those things? Because I really hope you don't. You can only be as happy as your thoughts and beliefs are, so it's important to just take care of them and recognize that what your mind is telling you, what your beliefs are, are things that are encouraging and support you. The second one is manage your stress. I'll be honest, I hate it when people tell me when I am stressed to relax and to just, you know, not be stressed. It's like, do you think I like to be stressed? Do you think I'm not trying to manage it? But the truth is for some people, they're very familiar with feeling stress and being in the state of stress that it's hard for them to break out of it, even if they don't enjoy that feeling and being in that state. Everyone responds to stress differently. Some people thrive in it while others don't. And it's important to just understand where you are at and understand yourself, knowing where your stress threshold is for you and learning techniques to cope with that. 
I'm going to say stress a lot in this part, but it comes in different forms. There is physical stress, mental stress, emotional stress, financial stress, relationship stress, and probably a few more that I missed out. So it's key to understand where your stress is coming from and finding ways to just alleviate the strain. One thing that has helped me when I am feeling this way is doing something with my hands to keep myself busy and doing a mindless task and not thinking too much of what's worrying me. Whenever I am working on a pottery or ceramic piece, I am always surprised that three hours have gone by and not once did I worry about something that was stressing me out. Another thing that has helped is just walking around. Outdoor walks help with lowering blood pressure and stress hormones. This is quite helpful during midday when work has just been feeling like a little too much. Taking a step out for a few minutes, removing myself from the screen, and start moving my body. It really helps. Writing things down that are bothering me and just letting it out on paper also helps, especially if it's things that I don't want to talk to other people about or I don't want to have other people's opinions. Or even if I don't have somebody that I feel comfortable talking about it with, I just write it on paper and as you write it down, you'll soon realize at the end of the session that it's not a big deal or it's not as scary as your mind has made it up to be. Whatever is stressing you out, it's just important to have self-compassion. You know, I think a lot of us are a lot kinder to other people when we see that they are stressed versus, you know, kind of beating ourselves up whenever we feel stressed and we can't really do things because we feel overwhelmed. So it's just important to be kind to yourself just the way that you would be kind to a loved one when you see that they are being overwhelmed or they are feeling stressed. All right, moving on, number three, hydration. We all know our body is mostly made up of water and that water is important, right? Drinking water is a simple, simple act, but we don't do it often enough and a lot of us don't drink enough water for our body. You know, sometimes if you're not feeling well or your mood is down or you feel fatigue or like a headache is coming, it could just be a sign that you are dehydrated. Nothing more right? So drinking water helps flush out toxins in your body and can even boost your mood. It can help you focus better, prevent headaches and fatigue, especially if you are looking on a screen for a very long time because it's your job, which I am very guilty of. Number four, nutrition. Food is fuel and it is also medicine. We all know the cliche taking care of your body from the inside out. I mean, a lot of us have heard that from our parents or doctors and online, right? If your body does not feel good, you will start seeing signs. And we take good health for granted until we start to fall ill. Now, I am not one to have a strict diet or a diet in general. I'm definitely a intuitive eater, but I know that everyone has like a different relationship with food and there isn't one perfect food or way to eat that fits everybody. Everybody, everybody, <laughs> and everybody is different. I guess I'm kind of careful right now talking about food because I know it can be a sensitive subject for some people and I don't want to invalidate anyone's feelings and their experiences with food but I do want to say that eating right and right can be slightly different from one person to another 
is important for your body. If we don't eat enough foods that are beneficial for our body, our body will not be able to work properly. I know that sometimes we get caught up with work or whatever it may be that we're currently working on or currently stuck on that we may forget to eat. But what I want to say is just remember your body and your health should come first. You won't be able to work efficiently if you don't feed your body, right? So eat those food, feed your body nutrients so that your body can work properly for you. Fun fact, in Chinese culture, when you first talk to someone or when you first greet them, you always ask if they ate. It seems strange, but it's part of the culture where food is tied to emotion and well-being and it's regarded as like the utmost importance. The younger generation doesn't say it as much as the older generation, but I think it's sweet. It shows that food ties into, you know, someone's well-being. Okay, fifth one, movement. For someone who is constantly at their desk and sitting down due to the nature of my job, I can tell you if you don't start moving your body, it will start screaming at you. Not working out or moving your body for a day does not really give the same effect as not eating for a day. If you don't eat or drink in a day, you can immediately feel the effects of that. However, not working out and moving for a day, you don't really feel the consequences of it that fast. Give it a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month or so, and you will start to feel the consequence of not working out physically and mentally, and that pain is like compounded. It slowly creeps up on you, and then by the time that your body is screaming at you, you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but you don't wanna wait until your body is yelling at you to start taking action. I know I mentioned walking earlier for relieving stress, but if you can't go to the gym or attend classes, incorporate walking into your day. It's free. It's something you can do wherever. You don't have to purchase anything. You can just go out and walk for free and it's beneficial for you. If you don't enjoy going to the gym, there's definitely other alternatives to get movement in. Find workout classes or pick up sports that will excite you so that when it is time to do that physical activity you are excited to just go and get started you know the gym life isn't for everyone and i don't know you could even just get a bike and bike around whatever it is movement is essential for your body and your mind and to just live a healthy and happier life all right number six is sleep do you guys remember in middle school and high school, your peers would be like, I only had five hours of sleep last night. And the next person would be like, well, I only had three hours of sleep last night. And it's like this competition where they're trying to compete to see who had the least amount of sleep. And it's like, what for? They were so proud of it. Or at least they seem like they were so proud of it, but it's not something to be proud of or something to even brag about. Sometimes I feel like we live in a society that prioritizes being productive over well-being, especially sleep, because when you're sleeping, you're not really doing anything, but that's not true. Your body needs sleep. Your body needs to recharge. It's not a machine that can run 24-7. And even if it is a machine, you know, machines need to be charged too, right? Your body needs to rest it needs to recharge and sleep helps you rest up it helps boost your immune system which is the powerhouse that helps you fight off any bad bacteria and viruses so that you don't get sick as easily and it's not just you know getting the right amount of sleep it's also just getting quality sleep one way to improve the quality of sleep is by avoiding naps 
especially if you are a habitual napper. Naps are so hard to break out of once you are in it, but try going one day without napping, then two, then three, and so forth. I know it's a lot easier said than done, especially in the moment when you are super tired and super sleepy. But once you have practiced not napping, it'll become easier to avoid them and you'll start to feel more energetic because when you had the habit of napping, you were so used to taking that nap, your body was used to getting tired midday, but once you break the habit, you won't have the urge to nap anymore because you have rewired yourself and therefore you won't be likely to feel sleepiness during midday. You know, the quality of sleep also ties into getting movement and exercise into your day. So back to one of the um, earlier points that I made, which is getting movement in. Think about it. After a long day where you are moving a lot, you just cannot wait to get into bed and sleep. Your body is just so tired and it feels so good to just be in your bed and you fall asleep right away, right? If you don't move around and exercise, your body will not feel tired. It'll have a lot more energy stored and you don't get that deep sleep that you would get after a long day of physical work. Just don't work out right before bed because that could make you more awake. (laughs) But otherwise, work your physical body so that it can exert some energy out and you'll be tired by the end of the day. One other thing that can improve the quality of your sleep is to wake up and sleep at the same time every day. This will help your circadian rhythm and improve the quality of sleep. The whole point of this is that sleep is important. Don't neglect it. It helps us restore our energy. It regulates our moods and emotions. It boosts our immune system, sharpens our focus, and just a lot more. There's a lot of benefits to it. Number seven, connections. Don't get me wrong. I am an advocate for being able to enjoy your own company and being comfortable by yourself. But there needs to be a balance of that combined with a sense of connection with others. Take time to nurture the relationships you have. You may be tired of hearing this if you have listened to my episode about friendships, but it's important to nurture the relationships we have with the people that we have in our lives. If you live with someone after work, have some quality time together. Cook together, eat together, unwind together. And if you live alone, take some time to call or FaceTime someone you love and just talk for a bit or find activities you can participate in and be around people who have the same interests as you. Loneliness is a silent killer. I don't think people talk about that enough. And if you don't have any friends, I know it can be hard to make genuine connections with people or meet new people who can be your friends when you are an adult, but there are so many communities out there for you to join. Any relationships take time to build, but I truly believe that as long as you are willing to put in the effort for that friendship and put yourself out there, you will eventually find your people. We aren't meant to be alone in solitude that would probably drive us all insane. And at the heart of it all, we as humans are social creatures that need community. It's okay to be alone and enjoy your own company when you need that. But connections with others is a big part of our life that brings joy, love, and a sense of belonging. So if you feel lonely, seek out friends, go out. I know it's hard to put yourself out there sometimes and put yourself in a new environment and make yourself be known to others, but connections with others is a big part of our life, but making good connection, genuine connections 
deep connections with others is what brings us a lot of fulfillment and happiness in our life. Okay, we are on our last one, number eight, finances. I remember in the beginning of my 20s, I was pretty good with money. There's only so much money you can earn as a college student, right? But in my early 20s, I didn't really think much about my personal finances. All I knew was to not overspend and save as much as I can. But now that I'm in my mid-20s, I've realized that the sooner you get a good understanding about personal finance and your own financial situation, the better. It's very intimidating and daunting when you are new to the financial world and learning about financial literacy. And I thought I was too young to get into investing and looking at different accounts to put my money in. But just like learning anything new, it's only scary until you finally dip your toes and start learning. It's okay if there's a learning curve, but you keep learning and once you do, it becomes more familiar and less scary. Look, everyone's financial situation is different. I'm no financial advisor, but I do want people out there, especially those who are in their 20s, to really get serious about their personal finances. And I don't want this to come off as you need to start investing now because if we're being realistic for some people they are not in that financial state where they have the extra money to invest they have to pay their bills they have debt to pay off they might be living paycheck to paycheck they might be paying for other people's living expenses because they have dependents whatever it is right i'm not trying to come off as you need to start investing now or anything like that i want you to start really thinking about your personal finance and really getting serious about it. Everyone is in a different financial situation and you can't just give a blanket financial advice to people that will fit everyone. However, it doesn't hurt to start educating yourself on personal finance and learning about the different types of accounts and options that are out there for you to put your money in that may be a better alternative. Now, like I said before, I am not a financial advisor, so please do your own research as well. But if you don't have extra money to invest in, definitely try looking into a high yield savings account. These accounts provide a higher interest rate than your traditional savings account with a traditional retail bank or a consumer bank. So definitely do your own research. <laughs> I can't, you know, say that enough, but these high yield savings account could be a good option for you. It operates similar to a regular savings account, but the percentage of interest they give you back is a lot more better and higher than what you could get in a retail or consumer bank. Now you can have two accounts, one saving account with your consumer bank and another savings account in the high yield savings one. Maybe split the savings and put one in one account and the rest in the other. You know, this is just a way to diversify your money. And like I said, there are so many types of account options out there. I really do just encourage you to look into them and see what is the best fit for you. Money is a sensitive subject to talk about and some see it as taboo, but I also encourage you to talk to friends or financial advisors to learn more. There's no denying that money is important and is a part of our life. Money isn't necessarily evil or bad. You know, we use money to exchange for goods and services. That's it. And I think that knowledge is power. The more you learn and know about your personal finances, 
you feel more confident, which allows you to live a better life and a more confident life as well. All right, friends. So those are the eight foundations of health I believe factor into a healthy life. Sometimes when I'm in a funk, I think about these eight categories and ask, okay, what is it that's causing me to feel this way? What do I need to pay more attention to? What needs more nurturing? What needs more maintenance? And these are the eight categories. I hope you find this episode helpful. Please let me know your thoughts on social media and I'll talk to you guys in my next episode. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Hello 20s. Let's get connected and continue our conversation over on social media. The links are in the show notes, so you're only one click away. I hope to see you there and I'll talk to you guys in my next episode.